I'm a handshake and tater. I'm a spud with a plate. I'm a miracle that's great day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up a cough. I'm doing the best I can. The drum tater. Welcome to the Trump Tater. I'm Jamie Renda, your host. And uh, anyway, we're going to start out with the Trump Tater of the Day Award. And yesterday, I was on my program uh, with Dr. Marcy when we found out that uh, Rush Limbaugh had passed away. And it was not incorporated into our program yesterday, and we meant to get it in there and didn't. So I want to make sure I spend some time this morning talking about Rush Limbaugh and uh so remind my audience what a Trump tater is, because I have not done this in a few episodes. A Trump tater is someone who outclasses, outshines, and outperforms a dependable and exemplary person. And uh, I think Rush Limbaugh meets that definition uh, as just perfectly. He's just an incredible, uh, incredible person that pushed himself to achieving the most he could out of this life. And so I, I want to start by yesterday, I was listening to different people talk about their experiences with Rush Limbaugh and two people that I listened to talked about how they would drive around with their grandfather and as a child and Rush Limbaugh would be on and how that just annoyed them. And uh, but as they grew up, they started listening to Rush Limbaugh and then those memories became fond memories with their grandfather. And then a couple of other people said the same thing, you know, as kids, they were in the car, trapped in the car, forced to listen to Rush Limbaugh with her mother or father. And so I thought about my children <laughs> and uh, and how we probably definitely forced, you know, the listening of Rush Limbaugh or Glenn Beck on them. So I was talking to my daughter, who tends to be a little bit more on the liberal side. And I don't even know if liberal, but she brought up a good point that I thought would balance this out is that uh, she asked me what my podcast was going to be on this morning. And at the time I was, uh, she just had a baby and she's moving into a new house. So I was trying to get some food together for her from the best restaurant in the world, Brixton's Baked, Baked Potato in Ogden, Utah. And uh, so I went down there before we opened and I was preparing everything kind of cold so she could warm it up for the next few days. And uh, so on my way back, we were talking and did not have a lot of time to get the program together because I spent the morning down there getting a bunch of meals together for her and her husband. And so she said, she asked me, which surprised me because we try not to talk politics uh, at her request. And so I told her, well, I said, I can, I'm probably going to wing it today. I said, I have a lot to talk about because Rush Limbaugh passed away yesterday. And uh, so there's a lot there, things being said about him, good and bad, and uh, the things that I feel like he contributed to my life. And she said, well, what do you think he contributed? I said, well, I said, Rush just had this incredible sense of humor that um, it was very well balanced with, you know, throwing in some political thoughts and um, balanced with some humor, balanced with just overall balanced program from my perspective. And he was very uh, intuitive when it came to political uh, topics. And I kind of left it at that. And, and, but I told her about some of the comments that were made yesterday. So and she goes, you know, I see it made about parents about trapping their kids in the car. 
And so she said, well, I just feel like it was missed opportunity of conversation with me and with, you know, your other children. And so I thought, you know, that was a very valid point. So I thought I'd first start with that is that, uh, that we have to be careful. I know I'm somewhat, I shouldn't say obsessed, but I love listening to talk radio. I love listening to Rush Limbaugh and, uh, and I probably did miss some opportunities with my kids, um, not just having those conversations because Rush Limbaugh was on. So first I want to just give a shout out to parents that be mindful of missed opportunities. Be mindful of opportunities you have to engage with your kids in good quality conversation. And um, so on, on that respect, I think she was right. But uh, but on the positive side, <laughs> I just, you know, may, maybe some things, you know, were talked about that uh, they'll reflect back on one day. I don't know if they will or not. And another thing she felt too is that she was exposed to some topics at a young age that maybe weren't um, always the best topics, maybe above a child's uh, maturity level or emotional maturity level. So anyway, I just thought I would throw that out there because that was her perspective as a child. So I think it's important with politics that we're mindful of what we're doing with our children and what exposure is appropriate, just like television, you know, as it's rated you know, appropriate for different age groups that uh, we probably should be mindful. But no, my kids are grown up. So, you know, that ship is sailed and mistakes were made and I'm going to move on. And I love Rush Limbaugh. So um, I just think he is a female. You know, I know a lot of females were totally offended by Rush Limbaugh, but not me. I thought his sense of humor was just absolutely incredible and and usually dead on on some of the hypocrisies that uh he called out from the feminist um, movement. And uh, so, and he was one of the few men that had the courage to do it because, uh, and, and was able to do it and move on and not get shut down. And I think he, he set himself up in a position in his radio program where he wasn't going to be bullied by advertisers and he wasn't going to be bullied by um, the left as far as it, that he said it his radio station up in a way, his, um, his program where he was not going to be intimidated. So I th I think he was able to get away with a lot of things because I think he went about setting, um, financially setting himself up and keeping, keeping his program the way he did, um, where he was somewhat of a one man show. It wasn't totally a one man show, but, um, he was able to speak his mind and be able to call people out uh, when he felt like they were acting in stupidity or, or ignorance or hypocrisy. So anyway, I, I feel like on a lot of the feminist issues, you know, a lot of women would get upset with him. And there's a time or two he rubbed me wrong on that. But as the, for the most part, I just thought he did an incredible job on calling a spade a spade and uh, pointing out these hypocrisies in the feminist movement. And so on that, but, and he did it in such a hilarious way at times. I mean, it's just completely funny. And I, I think that's one of the reasons I, I love Trump too, is that I think Trump and, and Rush Limbaugh's sense of humor is somewhat the same. I mean, they just got this great sense of humor and, uh, and they're able to kind of, just tie it all together with the politics, with the issues of the day. And so where Rush Limbaugh was to radio, I think Trump's Trump was to a political leader. And um, so 
yesterday, I mean, all through Facebook, all through social media, it was just one thing after another of people praising, you know, uh, Rush Limbaugh for the life he led, for the for the freedom that he opened up for people on being able to express themselves and having more confidence in doing that. Uh, but then on the flip side, he got just as much hate from the haters. And uh, so, again, I, I love it on that sense, not not that these people and I hope that people on the right uh, and I'm guilty, like when John McCain passed away, I had no real heartbreak over that. Uh, and I and I probably said, you know, something stupid, stupid at that time. My kids called me out on it, which I was grateful they did, because, you know, we, we've got to be careful that we're not hateful. Um, because boy, reading all the hate against Rush Limbaugh was something I thought, man, I, I hope none of us on our side will be as hateful as what I read yesterday on, on Rush Limbaugh. So just a a shout out for anybody that's listening that, uh, when somebody on the left passes away, um, we just need to be careful that we don't exercise so much hate <laughs> like they're doing. One thing about Rush, and I don't think there's any media personality in Hollywood or in the mainstream media that will receive the honor that Rush Limbaugh will at his burial. Uh, I, I would have to imagine that there's going to be just thousands, if not tens of thousands of people that uh, – will want to go out and pay the respects for Rush Limbaugh and the great influence he's been on the conservative movement in opening the doors for conservative television, conservative news. Um, it's just absolutely incredible um, the influence he's had in so many different arenas. So when we get back, I'm going to continue talking about Rush Limbaugh just a little bit more and uh, the influence I feel like he's been on the conservative movement on getting great people elected, giving people the courage that they needed to be able to speak out and, and, and just kind of phrasing things in a way that allowed people to have a conversation with other people about the issues of the day. Um, so if you haven't checked out trumptater.com, check out trumptater.com. That's Trump, T-A-T-E-R.com. <laughs> Welcome back to the Trump Tater. I'm Jamie Renda and uh, talking about Rush Limbaugh and the incredible influence he's had upon America. Um, and also just to let you know, later in the program at 1030, Ryan, a friend of mine who is and I've talked about him on the program, Lady Maga USA, and also the president of Log Cabin Republicans is going to be joining us on a couple of bills that we've been working on in the House and Senate here in the state of Utah. So anyway, back on to uh, to Rush Limbaugh, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be just amazed if if we don't see, and I'm not for sure. Hey, Brian, do you know where his funeral will be? 
So I, I assume he's going to be buried in Florida, which is friendly to Rush Limbaugh and friendly to people traveling right now and friendly to having a large uh, celebration of Rush Limbaugh's life. Um, so I, I, again, I'm going to be, I'm just going to sit back and watch and see what type of a response that uh, Rush is going to get um, from people wanting to come out and pay their respects to him. And it's probably going to be something that you've never seen in any media personality or especially any news media personality uh, to date. So he's just, a, again, been an incredible influence. Uh, not a perfect person. Obviously, we all have our flaws. Uh, I remember just listening to him over and over talk about, you know, he enjoyed smoking cigars and his formerly nicotine stained hands. And so I think about that as he was diagnosed with lung cancer. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, our choices, you know, have consequences. And, and uh, you know, obviously he lived with some of his um, that he suffered through in life. But again, you know, the guy could laugh at himself and he laughed at uh, the world around him. And, and as far as making a little humor out of serious situations that uh, made it a little easier to to understand and tolerate. But um, again, I just, uh, he's been a great influence on my life. And I know he's been a great influence on anybody that I actually follow right now and, uh, and look up to that. I know that uh, he was influential. And I, I look at Rush, uh, uh, President Trump, I, I guess I thought for some reason that President Trump and Rush Limbaugh were better acquainted with each other and knew each other on a, a more intimate basis before President Trump ran for president. But I was reading something yesterday, and I guess that they didn't, but uh, Rush Limbaugh was such an adamant supporter of President Trump, and and their friendship did grow. And I just, you know, the two of them are so much alike in so many ways. I just assumed that uh, they had a longer t- term in friendship. But uh, again, I see Trump as the politician and Rush Limbaugh as the the voice, the media voice and the radio commentator that are just almost identical in so many different areas of their personalities and uh, both great influencers uh, in where we are in America right now. So I'm going to go on to a couple of other news tidbits that. Uh, so yesterday uh, in the state of Utah, the Senate passed a bill uh, that prohibits transgender uh, men, not tra- the men who transgender to a woman from competing uh, with female sports. Um, I think it was, you know, no situation's easy and there's people on both sides of that, but I think it was a great move for feminism. And I wonder where the feminists are on this. So we're going to discuss that with, uh, with uh, Ryan when he comes back, oh, comes onto the program. And I just, I had another one that I was going to throw out there. I mean, so many different things, critical race theory. And uh, so a lot of things, you know, uh, with Rush Limbaugh, he was being called a racist and a misogynist and all these things yesterday. So it just made me think of some other things that are in the news right now. Um, in critical race theory yesterday, Megan Kelly, of all people, <laughs> you know, she's uh, her and President Trump kind of went head to head in 2015, 16, when she at one of the debates in which she was suggesting that President Trump wasn't very nice to women. And, and the response to President Trump, if anybody can remember that, is like, 
no, I'm not. I'm, I'm nice to women except Rosie McDonald. <laughs> and uh, which uh, then he came back. Anyway, I just but the reason I'm bringing that up is uh, Megan Kelly ended up becoming a big supporter of Trump in 2020. But uh, she came on. She had a, a interviewed a young girl from Texas yesterday. And well, I don't know if she interviewed her yesterday, but she was talking about the interview yesterday. And it's a girl that attended a Catholic school. And in this Catholic school, there were three, or at least in her grade peer group, there were three um, black girls in this in in the peer group of this uh, Catholic school. And one of the um, black students accused the one of this girl of uh, pointing at her, standing up and yelling at her in the middle of the class and saying black lives don't matter. And so this went out viral on social media, and this young girl received a ton of hate for it. Well, now it's came out that the the class the class was recorded. Uh, it was on Zoom at the same time. The teacher backed the student up and said that never happened, and uh, there's no recording of it happening. None of the students said it happened in the class, but the school itself has chosen um, not to stand up for this young woman that was accused of this racist racism. And instead, reminded her of her white privilege and that whites by nature are white supremacists. And kind of, you know, this is just the pill you have to swallow um, because of your privilege. And so her parents are filing a lawsuit against the school. And then another, and I'm just talking about this because critical race theory, and this is one that, again, that... uh, going to totally miss the voice of Rush Limbaugh because he would call these things out as they were. And I am someone who definitely um, has reached out, has tried to find solutions to some of the problems that we face in our, in America and specifically have had great compassion and uh, resolved to try to fix problems that I feel like uh, disproportionately impact uh, black Americans and have fought for these things from prison reform, judicial reform, uh, education reform, and other areas. So I, I don't say this, it's a fine balance here between uh, what I consider these social justice warriors that are just off on the far left promoting things that are so dangerous uh, that are going to further divide us in our country that are actually, I perceive as very racist philosophies, uh, just like the one I mentioned the other day on, on math that they're all, they're saying is racist now and somehow blacks and Latinos shouldn't be held to the same standard in mathematics, uh, on getting the right answer or showing their work or, uh, applying mathematics to the real world and capitalism and entrepreneurship. And, uh, to me, this is one of the most racist possibilities out there when it comes to education for black and Latinos in our country, because it will put them at such a disadvantage. So uh, a British um, elected official, I'm I'm trying to think of what they would call uh, her. She's a black woman that came out and she is just uh, coming out against uh, this critical race theory and uh, in a in a very effective way. So you, you might uh, look her up. I was trying to find the article on this woman because she's just, so her name, Spike O'Neill says, 
Oh, I can't find that article. I was hoping to. But anyway, I'm glad to see uh, black people coming out, not just in America, but in other places, talking about how dangerous critical race theory is and how it's impacting uh, the relationships uh, between people. And more, more so, she's agreeing with that it's very racist, the very fundamental things that they're talking about are racist and harmful to people of color and to black Americans, black uh, British people and how so I'm just thrilled to see her challenging this and others challenging these theories and we've got to stand strong and that's kind of again I'm going to attribute to Rush Limbaugh is that he's given us the courage to really fight against things that are wrong even when they're not politically correct to fight against them so when we come back on the Trump Tater we're going to have Ryan Woods who's the president of Log Cabin Republicans join us and also Lady MAGA USA Welcome back to the Trumpator. I'm Jamie Renda, and I have with me today Ryan, who is the president of Log Cabin Republicans here in Utah. Ryan is also, can I, can I tell him your alter? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan is also Lady MAGA USA. And uh, that is a drag queen, pro Trump, pro make America great again. And I have to tell you something about Ryan. No one worked harder uh, to get President Trump reelected than Ryan did. And uh, I thought I worked hard, but I didn't, not compared to Ryan. And so I'm going to let just Ryan introduce himself and what made him go out and work so hard to get President Trump reelected. Well, Jamie, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Again, I'm Ryan Woods. Um, I'm the recently elected president of the Log Cabin Republicans here in Utah. Log Cabin Republicans is the nation's oldest and largest LGBT conservative organization Basically, the organization that fights the radical LGBTQIA++ movement that seeks to, quite frankly, harm children and uh, push a radical agenda. They don't um, they don't seek tolerance and inclusion. They seek cultural dominance and uh, persecution of uh, religious people and other organizations. I'm also a drag artist. otherwise known as a drag queen, I, I lament that most drag queens out there are, um, are vulgar and over-sexual and inappropriate, and my artistry is about joy and fun, and it's just uh, theatricality. So I used, I used that artistry uh, for a few reasons. Um, I, was, I was a successful uh, performer. I was a professional Britney Spears impersonator, and I had a great career. But I realized that I was in the closet as a conservative. And at my last mainstream show, I went up into the dressing room, and there was a big sign on the, on the wall, and it said, F Trump. And I realized I could no longer stay in the closet, so to speak. And I thought, how can I join the Make America Great Again movement? How can I stand up for our Constitution and our president in a, in a very loud, proud, and effective way? 
And I realized that by creating the character Lady Maga USA, I was able to I was able to defy the leftists. <clears throat> Nothing made them more angry than um, a drag artist for for President Trump. And it was also a way of showing um, Americans that uh, we are all Americans, whether you're different like me. Uh, what matters most is our Constitution, our First Amendment and our Second Amendment. And I adored and respected uh, President Trump and his America First agenda. And so tomorrow morning, he will be testifying uh, for House Bill 92. So Ryan, just kind of wrap up, summarize what you were talking about before we got off the air, uh, and then go into this House Bill 92, and who all is going with you to testify on this tomorrow? All right. Well, um, again, I'm Ryan Woods, president of Log Cabin Republicans the nation's oldest and largest LGBT conservatives organization. We stand against LGBTQIA++ radicalism. We defend religious freedoms. We stand um, with our um, conservative brothers and sisters and say that we are Americans first. And we do ask for uh, tolerance and inclusion, but we don't seek to dominate the conversation or persecute those who might not agree with us. I'm also a drag artist, Lady Maga USA, uh, otherwise known as a drag queen. And I have spent almost two years uh, supporting the president and standing up in a very uh, loud, proud and flamboyant way because the artistry of dressing up and the theatricality is not necessarily a problem. It is a problem when it is over-sexualized and in public libraries such as Drag Queen Story Hour or Pride Parades where vulgarity and uh, overt displays of sexuality are entirely inappropriate for a public audience. So I'm, I'm a dignified artist, theatrical person, and it's a way of defying the leftist narrative and uh, standing up for America and our president in a in a different way. So I know we were cut off. I explained it a little more in depth. But one of the things that I fight as Lady Maga USA and also as president of Log Cabin Republicans is the LGBTQIA plus plus push to um, to go after kids. And when I say go after kids, I mean trying to brainwash them or push them to make decisions that are quite dangerous. Uh, in Right now in the Utah legislative session, we're dealing with House Bill 92. And House Bill 92 is meant to protect innocent children from undergoing transgender procedures, such as puberty blockers, mastectomies, uh, vulvoplasty, penectomies, all sorts of procedures that should be for adults only. It is shocking that we even have to have this conversation. What is more shocking is it is Republicans who are um, resisting this bill. And it is a darn shame. <clears throat> I believe they are afraid of backlash from the radical LGBTQIA movement here in Utah, because anyone who speaks out uh, with common sense to defend innocent children from these um, these these dangerous procedures, um, they are attacked. So when I say dangerous procedures, I'm talking about drugs like Lupron. Lupron is a huge moneymaker, $669 million in 2017 alone, and it's being pushed 
to um, block the natural puberty of young children. Now, um, people who say that it's no big deal say that puberty blockers are nothing more than a pause button so that a child can decide whether or not they want to go forward and become transgender. But it is not a pause button. It is a dangerous drug with major side effects, such as heart problems, uh, bone loss, and other complications that are terrifying. And let's say you give a child Lupron at age nine to prevent them from going through a puberty, which would fully develop their sex organs and become male, such as you know genitalia and Adam's apple and bones and all of that. So let's say you give that drug to a child at age nine, and then at age 17, they decide they don't want to go forward with this anymore. Well, their body has been stunted. And in effect, they will have the genitalia of a nine-year-old. So promoting puberty blockers for children is nothing more than unethical experimentation. And it terrifies me to know that children like I was, because when I was little, I loved to dress up in girl things. I loved Barbie. I was a very different sort of child. And in today's world, had I been born to social justice warrior parents or even um, radical Democrats, they would have said, that means you are a girl. You are transgender. And this idea being pushed by the left that just because a little child likes things that are usually for the opposite gender means they are the opposite gender. And what, what shocks me most is these same LGBTQIA++ groups claim that gender does not exist. And yet when a little boy likes pink and uh, nail polish, that means they are the opposite gender, thus perpetuating the idea of, of a gender binary boy and girl. So we are standing up against that tomorrow. We're going to be testifying at the legislature. Um, the bill has currently been watered down. And uh, initially, uh, puberty blockers were supposed to be for 18 and over, basically an adult. I personally don't think that an 18-year-old is fully developed. Scientifically, they are not, especially if they are male. So they watered it down to age 16 because of pressure from so-called experts who have been testifying and uh, weaponizing the word suicide. Essentially, they are emotionally blackmailing medical professionals and parents into thinking that if they don't give a child puberty blockers, they will be responsible for their suicides. As we know, suicide is a major problem in Utah, and it's also a major problem for um, young people struggling with gender dysphoria, as well as adult transgender people. And giving them puberty blockers is not a cure-all. It is not a way of preventing suicide. In fact, the opposite can be claimed that a young child who is going through changes, hormonal changes, is already emotionally vulnerable. And when you start injecting them with drugs like Lupron or begin the process of uh, facial feminization, cosmetic procedures, if you take a young girl and uh, perform a mastectomy, Hey, Ryan. Any of that. Yeah, we just have about 30 seconds left on the program. Uh, so just quickly again, tell us what bill it is and who they need to contact to support this bill moving forward. It's House Bill 92. Contact all of your Republican legislators 
legislators at uh, at the Utah Capitol and let them know that you support House Bill 92. Also, they can visit Utah Log Cabin Republicans on Facebook and watch videos and testimonials about this issue. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan, for coming on and look out for Ryan Woods, Lady Maga USA, as one of the contributors to this podcast. why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question.